Welcome to the Strength and Dignity podcast, where we discuss Christian lifestyle, scripture, biblical concepts, and hear testimonies from various guests. I'm your host, Kelsey Pryor, and I hope you find encouragement, solid teaching, and thought-provoking concepts here. Welcome to our series on the Sabbath, where, through the course of various episodes, we will be discussing the Sabbath throughout the Bible, Sabbath throughout history, what the Sabbath means to Christians today, as well as stories from people who keep the Sabbath. If you enjoy this content, please be sure to share with your friends. All right, let's dive into the episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Strength and Dignity podcast. I'm excited to be doing another episode as part of our Shabbat or Sabbath series. Um, This is a specific question that someone asked me. I actually hadn't even thought of this episode until they asked, asked me and I thought maybe other people would be struggling with the same thing. So I decided to do a whole podcast dedicated to it. And this is how do college students or single people keep a Shabbat? And I don't know why I didn't think of this because I'm a single person, um, but I do live in a family that does keep a Shabbat. So what do you do if you don't live in a family that keeps a Sabbath day or does a Sabbath meal? Or what do you do if you're at college? and stuff like that. So I have this whole podcast dedicated to answering that question. A lot of this is going to be hypothetical because I am not in college, but I was planning on going before COVID hit and it was a serious thing that I had to consider is what am I going to do about Shabbat? Um, the unique thing about my situation is that I was going to go to Moody Bible Institute and they have a club, I think it's called Kesher, And I don't know the exact details of the club, but what intrigued me is that they kept, this particular club kept a lot of the Jewish um, holidays and traditions. They, and I heard that no one in the club was actually Jewish themselves, um, but some of them were Jewish studies majors, like I was going to be. And um, a lot of them are just really into keeping the biblical feasts. And so one of those was Shabbat. And I heard that they did a Sabbath meal every Friday night. And I was super excited. That was one of the biggest things I was looking forward to about going there. And I'm disappointed I can't do that now, um, thanks to COVID. But um, that was one of the biggest things that attracted me to that school for that reason. Another thing is that Moody is about five hours away from where I lived. So I was planning on every couple weeks coming back home for Shabbat, not just for the weekend, but for Shabbat, like in time for meal, for the Friday night meal, and maybe even bringing some friends with me. I was really excited about that idea. So hopefully I'll be able to do those things in the future, but I did have to think through that. Um, And in the midst of it, I thought about things like how to bring up Shabbat or educate people like peers um, on what Shabbat is and why we should care about it. Um, And that's one of the things that prompted me thinking about all of the stuff we've been talking about in this podcast series so far. So if you haven't already listened to the previous, um, I think, four episodes on the Sabbath series, then I encourage you to hit pause, go back, listen to those ones first. um, So you have a little bit of backdrop for what I'm going to be talking about today. But in answering the question, how might a college student keep a Sabbath meal, I came up with kind of three elements to Shabbat that might seem like hurdles if you aren't doing it as a family. So the first one was the people, like if you don't have a family, who do you do it with? The second is the meal, so what the meal that we have on Friday nights and like with blessings, how does that look? And the third one is the actual day of rest, so for us that is Saturday. If you hear chirping um, behind me, uh, I do have quail living on the balcony outside my room. So every now and then they chirp really loudly. So if you hear that, that's what that is. Um, Okay, so those are the three things that people usually get stuck on when they're thinking about how to do Shabbat as a single person or as a college student. So I wanted to um, kind of break it down and propose a couple of possibilities and things that you might want to consider. So the first one being the people. 
So assuming that you're coming from a family that doesn't do Sabbath, if you are coming from a family that does Shabbat, I encourage you to bring your friends into that. I think that Shabbat is best experienced around a family table, but it's not the only way it can be. And I think you could come up with really fruitful alternatives. But if you do come from a family that keeps a Sabbath meal, I do encourage you to figure out a way to incorporate that. Um, But if you either moved away to college or if you're coming from a family that does not keep a Sabbath, how do you do that? Um, You would either be doing it with friends or by yourself. So I'm going to be talking about both of those possibilities, how you do it with friends and how you do it alone. So first of all, if you're trying to incorporate friends into your Sabbath meal, first of all, we're assuming that these people are believers. I don't think that they have to be Christian. Um, We invite our non-believing family to Shabbat um, pretty regularly and they love it. But I I would suggest starting out with a base of friends who all have similar beliefs that are all Christian and then after you've established something like that, then inviting non-believers into it to experience that type of community, I think could actually be a really cool evangelistic opportunity if you're looking for something like that. But um, it might be best to start off with people that are um, also Christians. So um, I have three things that you'll want to do if you're wanting to do either a Sabbath meal or a Sabbath day with friends. The first would be to educate them. The second is to invite. And the third would be to host. So Um, For educating, you'll want to send them a few resources that actually helped you um, get educated on the Sabbath and what prompted you to want to keep a Sabbath day or a day of rest or have a Shabbat meal. Um, Obviously, I'm going to suggest sending them this um, Sabbath series in this podcast, starting out with the first episode that I did an interview with my dad. Um, I think would be four episodes back. So this is episode five of the series. So... um, I would suggest sending them this podcast series starting with that episode. Um, But if there was a different sermon or a different book that you encountered that really helped you understand what Shabbat was and really like awakened this desiring you to actually pursue it for yourself, then I I would suggest sending them that as well. Um, talk about it to them, ask them what they think, start conversations like around the topic and kind of stir up the curiosity. I think once you can start to consider Sabbath as something that's after the Lord's heart, um, how it could revive your soul, things like that, that college students feel like, I, th- I think that oftentimes when people are in college, they, they lack a sense of like home, um, or like I would say home because I feel like some of them could feel like they belong within like a friend group, but it's not like the same feeling of home. So I think that could be very attractive to a lot of college students. If you're having like a meal together, that's a very homey thing to do um, and something that a lot of people might be searching for. And like I said, a great evangelistic opportunity if your fellow Christian friends are able to establish a rhythm together with you and then you invite other people into that. I think that's a great, great thing to do. I think I think a lot of college um like ministries actually do do they start with like a rhythm. I don't know if they start with a meal, but they start with an established rhythm and invite people into it after that. So, um, you'll and then pick a day that works for your schedule since you're going to be the host. Um, pick a day that you want to be the day that you rest, and then we have our meal on Friday night, and then the day is on Saturday. That's kind of the ideal way to do it. We talked about why you would have the meal on the evening and then the day after that. Um, In a couple past episodes, um, there was evening and then there was morning the first day. The day kind of starts in the evening. We talked about that on the creation calendar and stuff like that. So, but if that is not ideal, there's no, we're not, I'm not gonna say that it's a rule. If that is not ideal for your 
um, like lifestyle. And if you can say you can only take Saturdays off and you can't take Friday nights off, and so you want to have a you want to have your day of rest on Saturday and then it like culminates in a meal on Saturday night, that's perfectly fine. So find a way for them to like incorporate together around your schedule. Um, sorry, I'm looking at my notes here. Okay. You could do it, okay, so a few different, like, logistically how you might do the meal with friends. You could do it, like, picnic style if you guys have, like, a common area of your campus or in a school facility if you have a room that you could, like, reserve or rent out or something like that. Or you could work with a local family. If you have any families that are invested in, like, campus ministries or local churches that might want to host you and your friends for dinner, even if you're saying, I'm going to take care of the food, but could we do it in your house? Something like that, Um, even someone's, like, basement or garage or maybe one of your friends actually lives near campus and they wouldn't mind hosting it stuff like that um when I was thinking about going to Moody I was really excited about the idea of doing it picnic style like on a com the common green area um I thought that'd be kind of fun and then um so that's going to be inviting you invite people into that meal and then the third is hosting so I'm going to talk about this a little bit later as well but actually initiating the meal you're going to be the one setting the tone at the table or wherever you end up doing it um, coordinating different things and if you're super extroverted and outgoing this might be really really fun for you but if you're more introverted and a little bit shy or just more intimidated by this idea then you might um, want to just take it a little easy on yourself but I encourage you to not back down don't let the idea of hosting intimidate you that doesn't mean you have to cook all the food I'm going to talk about food um, in a second but um, it just it does mean that you're going to be kind of in charge of the um, just instigating of the whole thing and coordinating it and inviting people especially when it starts out and if it really takes off this could become a group effort and you and your friends are kind of doing it together and that weight is taken off your shoulders but you might have to carry a lot of the load at the very beginning. So I can encourage you to not only pray about that, but also try to conquer a little bit um, of whatever is intimidating you about that prospect. And again, you could just do this with one or two of your close friends. So it does not have to be intimidating. Um, okay, so that is if you're doing it with friends. Um, if you are doing it alone, this might be for a couple of reasons. If you try to initiate with people, but it's taking a little bit longer, if you're hitting a lot of brick walls, blah, 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 like you might, you might be able, you might be having to do it by yourself at first. Um, don't let that stop you from doing your own Shabbat. You can do a day of rest or your own dinner, um, by yourself. Shabbat is an experience that it's easier to grasp the idea of Shabbat when you're around a table, but God proclaimed the Sabbath day as holy before any traditions were set. Like first the day is holy and then all these traditions came after. So I think first of all, just stepping back and recognizing the day as a holy day and a day that you want to spend with the Lord and a meal you want to dedicate to him is like your own spiritual discipline and your own walk with God and your own thing that you're doing for the sake of your relationship with God and for no other sake. I think that's actually really awesome. Okay, so that is the people, ways to approach doing it with friends or doing it by yourself. The second would be the meal. So if you're doing the meal with friends who you've already educated on Shabbat and you've already invited them, 
the way that you could do the food is you could either do this potluck style or take out or maybe even cook together. I encourage you not to put all the weight of the cooking on one person unless you want to do that just for the first couple of times, make a big pot of pasta or something super easy. Um, but whatever you end up trying to do long term, make sure that it's sustainable and also fun. So if it's not sustainable for everyone to pay for takeout every week, um, and it's not sustainable for one person to cook every week, find something that is sustainable. Like, potluck style but like I don't know some sort of easy like freezer meal everyone bring their own I it literally could be so simple it does not have to be fancy at all or you could do something fun and cook together if you have like a kitchen to use and stuff like that so um, it's very dependent on your actual situation but I encourage you to be creative and the first couple weeks might not turn out exactly how you pictured them to be but work towards sustainability and making it a fun experience that people don't want to miss out on not it's not just like oh I'm bored I'm gonna go over to this Sabbath thing it's like I'm actually gonna plan my my week around the Sabbath meal because it's so much fun. I would say that's the goal um, when you're thinking about the meal, doing it with your friends. And then um, a big part of the meal that we talked about was the blessings. So we bless the sons and the daughters. We bless the candle. Um, how would you do that around with friends? Because we talk about blessing the sons and the daughters. If you're just a bunch of peers, how do you bless people? So I had a couple ideas um, for this one because you can start just by blessing God. Like, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives us a day of rest for us to draw close to you and the heart of the Father. Just something simple like that, that either one person says or everyone can say together. Something that just recognizes the sovereignty and the holiness of God in that moment, I think is just super honoring and something that you guys can all do together. Um, you can light a candle. I think that's a really fun tradition for us. We have like a special scent that we like to use of can like a specific candle. Um, so if that's something you want to do that kind of instant, like ignites the spirit of Shabbat, um, like as soon as you light this candle, we're resting. That's kind of what it, it what it symbolizes. It's like as soon as the candle is lit, it's the, the, it has started. The day of rest has started. And then we sing our song after that. Um, so you could do the song too if you want. But if you want to light a candle, we usually say a blessing. My mom kind of makes up the blessing every time. So it's really just a prayer. Like, thank you, God, for family and for friends and for blah, 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 blah. We did this week. Amen. Or you could say more of a traditional blessing like, blessed are you, Lord our God, who commands us to light the candle of Shabbat. Um, oh, do you guys hear that thunder? There's a thunderstorm outside. Um, you can also take communion together. This is something that is awesome to do when you have the body of Christ together is to take communion, to take your wine or your grape juice and your bread um, and say a blessing over that. Blessed are you, Lord our God, who brings forth bread from the earth and the fruit of the vine. Um, it's a really traditional blessing to do. Um, and then if you want to bless one another, I think this would be really cool. I don't know if you're wanting to do it all girls, all guys, kind of a mix, but we usually separate the blessings by gender. So there's like a female blessing and a male blessing. Um, so I found a couple of passages I think would be really cool to pray over each other. And that would be the guys saying it over the girls and the girls saying it over the guys. You could have just one person saying it. You could say it together, whatever makes sense for you guys. But a few passages that might be cool for you to look into for blessings would be Proverbs 31. That one would only apply to the girls. And then a couple cool other cool ones are Psalm 37, Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit, and Philippians 4. Find a couple nuggets in there and kind of turn it into a blessing and have you guys just say it over each other. Or you could use, you, you could say everyone at this table is a son and daughter because we are. We're sons and daughters of Christ, of Jesus, or 
of God. So um, you could say a blessing of the daughters and a blessing of the sons just as well. So the blessings that we use um, for the daughters, it is, um, may the Lord make you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, and give you the heart of Ruth, the faith of Mary, and the righteousness of Christ as you build our families from generation to generation, or your families, you could say. Um, I'm going to put all of the, these blessings in the show notes below, by the way, so you can um, look at those there. And then for the boys, so for the sons, it could be, um, may the Lord make you like Ephraim and Manasseh and give you the faith of Abraham, the heart of David, and the righteousness of Christ as you build your families from generation to generation. Um, you could have like the oldest man in the room and the oldest woman in the room say it over each other, or you could have like the guys say it over the girls, the girls say it over the guys, whatever makes sense for you guys. Those are just a few ideas if you want to incorporate blessing into that. And then if you want to do a meal on your own, okay, let's talk about that for a second. If you can't find any friends and you're like, well, I might as well not do it. Like I said, I encourage you to still do it. This is a spiritual discipline that you yourself could benefit from even with no one else doing it with you. But it might sound a little sad. Like I, I'm doing this Sabbath meal alone in my dorm room or at a restaurant or whatever it is. Or it might sound pointless. Like why am I even doing this? But I just want to encourage you. I actually think there's something really, really beautiful about someone who simply wants to recognize and honor something that is sacred to God without anyone else watching. Like that is... That is so beautiful and I think God it's it's that heart that he sees as being super precious doesn't it say um somewhere in like second Peter I'm totally butchering it but it's like something that God sees as precious like he's gonna look down at you doing that meal to honor him by yourself it doesn't have to be a fancy meal it's just you take yourself out to dinner or you make yourself some food you sit down and it's just a special prayer or a spirit over over the evening that's like that is just God I I, I recognize that this is the um, start of my Sabbath day, and I want to thank you for that. I honor you for it, and I recognize this as sacred to you. And then you can say a blessing to God, like, man, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. As your prayer, spend some time in worship, spend your time thanking, thanking Him, but then maybe while you're eating, you can listen to a Sabbath related teaching or podcast or audiobook or something like that. Some fun ones might be like Rhythms of Renewal um, or this Shabbat series if you haven't listened to all of it. Um, there is a series on the Bible Project podcast all about, it's called, I think, um, the Series of Sevens or something like that, like the Rhythm of the. Oh, the pattern of sevens or something like that, something with sevens. And a lot of those episodes are about Shabbat, especially the first like two or three, I think. So there's some really good teachings out there. If you just want to put that on while you're listening and just kind of set that meal aside. Um, and you can even do something like our family has a special tablecloth and special dishes, whatever makes it. Maybe there's a drink that you don't normally drink and you drink it on that on that night. Something that makes it feel special to you and like something between you and the Lord um, would be really awesome. Okay. And then the last element is the day of rest. So with the schedule of a college student, um, you probably will want it to be on a weekend if you have classes throughout the week. Um, but just really pick which day makes sense for you, preferably a day that you have off work and school and be really disciplined about not studying on that day. I know that can be super hard for college students. Remember that Shabbat begins in the evening and ends in the evening. So just using my example, we start on Friday night, but Saturday night at six, we start working again. Like if I didn't get something done on Friday um, and I was like stressed out about it and I had to stop to take a Sabbath, 
that thing might be important, but it's not going to like ruin my life if I don't get to it until Saturday night. So if I'm really pressing for something, if there's a test you need to study for or whatever, save it until that night. Don't like let yourself be restful and free of that kind of worry throughout the day. Um, so Saturday night, you have dinner and you can get back to studying or go to work or whatever it is that you need to do, but try to set aside a time that you don't work or study or um, have meetings or whatever it is that you need to do. Um, so it's most likely that this will be either a Saturday or a Sunday. The reason I really like Saturday, not just because my family does it, but because um, school, you know, it ends sometime on Friday and then it allows you to kind of crash into Shabbat. Maybe your last class ends at like three or four on Friday, maybe even in the morning. And then you spend the time preparing, doing whatever it is you need to do for your meal or to finish, finish up some type of work or studying before your day of rest. And then you crash into that day of Shabbat. It's something that you've been looking forward to all week. Friday night, here it is. And then all day Saturday, you get to rest. And then Saturday night, you start working again. And then Sunday, what I like about this is that Sunday actually sets you up for success for the rest of the week. So maybe you still go to church on Sunday, but then you come home and you treat it like a normal work day and it helps prepare you for your next week of classes. It's when you redo your calendar. It's when you run your errands. It's when you, you know, it's a, it's a good day that sets you up as like a, a kind of chill work day, but it prepares you for the rest of the week. That's why I really like having my day of rest on a Saturday. But if Sunday works for you, if you're doing this in community and Sunday works for most other people, do it on Sunday. No worries. Like I said, there's no real rules around this. It's just preference. And that's what I have found. And lots of people around me have found to work as Friday night to Saturday. Um, Okay, and then as far as the actual day of rest goes, if you guys listened to my last episode I did with my sister, I kind of described what a day of rest looked like while living with um, a religious Jewish family. And it's a lot different than it um, is like at home. And then my, my sister and I kind of described things that we do um, in our family on Shabbat. And it's pretty a pretty chill day. It is the day that we sit around and you know watch TV. I like to watercolor. I like to sew. We go out on a long drive, stuff like that. Um, but here are a few ideas of things that you could either do in community with friends or by yourself, kind of a mix of both, um, that I just put together real quick. But I'm sure you know what sounds restful to you. So if what I'm saying doesn't sound restful, like one of my options is go for a hike. That does not sound restful to me. I might want to do that for the fun of it, but I, that's the kind of thing I'd want to do during the week or on a Sunday, not really on Saturday. I would make exceptions, but it's not like, oh, I can't wait to go for a hike on Saturday. You know what I mean? So something that you can't really do throughout the week because you're working, like if you weren't working, what would you be doing? So go for a hike, read something you don't normally have time for, spend time with the Lord, Take me, let your quiet time go as long as you want it to go. Spend time in prayer, time in the word. You can literally rest. You can literally take a nap. I took two naps last Shabbat and I'm not even sorry about it. Um, learn a new skill, like watch YouTube videos, like watch makeup videos or um, painting videos or crafty, stuff like that, that you've, a guitar, like teach yourself an instrument, something that you've been wanting to learn, but you haven't had time for, this is a great time for it because that can be really fun to learn something new. Work on a hobby. Like I said, I don't really have time for doing stuff like watercolor throughout the week, but it's something I enjoy doing. So I usually end up doing it um, on Shabbat. So work on a hobby or do something artsy or crafty or whatever sounds like fun to you. Um, take a fun local class. I've always wanted to go somewhere and just take like a fun painting class or there's those places where you can go paint pottery. Like stuff like that that is just kind of fun and out of the ordinary. Um, that's something you can do with friends if you wanted to have like a cool outing or something like that. 
play music, write, write music if you're into that, play board games, that's something you can do with your friends, go for a drive, my family likes to go for long drives out in the countryside, Um, watch TV, get coffee with a friend, go see a movie, go into the city if you live in the countryside or go into the countryside if you live in the city, do some fun activity. Those are just a few things that came to the top of my mind. But like I said, you know what sounds restful for you and you know what you've been putting off. Stop putting it off. Set aside a time for it. Spend a lot of time with the Lord. Like I said, like this is his his holy day. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to enjoy it. But he also wants to spend time with you. So make sure that's something you prioritize on your Shabbat. Um, so, okay. my last My last closing thought is that in an ideal world, I would love for you to have a family to do this alongside, whether it's your family or someone else's. Maybe it's someone who's into a campus ministry or a local church, and they either do their own Shabbat meal or wouldn't mind hosting your friends for a Shabbat meal. That would be my ideal, but I do not think that's not very feasible for most people, and it's intimidating to ask and seek out. So I would encourage that to be something that you pray about. Maybe you don't plan on it, but maybe pray that God brings you like a partner in in your Shabbat. Maybe maybe you're super introverted and you really want to do this, and it, it really intimidates you to initiate something, and God brings you an extroverted friend, or he brings you a family with a house, or something like that. So Um, I encourage you to take the first step no matter what, but there's always this possibility that you could be praying for. Like, God, we, man, this has really taken off. I have so many people that are interested in this. I just don't have a big enough place. Please bring me a big enough place. There's always something you can be praying for in this area. And one thing I encourage that to be for is for a family to help you co-host this. And that can be super powerful to be inviting people into a family setting, especially college students, especially non-believing college students. So if you can find that, you have struggled oil you have hit a gold mine whatever whatever (laughs) it's super valuable if you can find that but I understand that that's not likely for most people so um just do what you can I actually had a lot of fun coming up with all of these ideas and it made me excited for if I'm I really am able to go to college maybe next semester or next year because I think this would be really fun to like wade into those waters and try to figure out and be educating people about Shabbat and inviting people into that and setting that tone and offering them what might be the first taste of the kingdom that they've ever experienced. Like that is a really, really cool opportunity that you have as someone who is passionate about the Lord's day. So thank you so much for um, listening. I'm super glad I got to do a dedicated podcast on this episode. Um, let me know if this is if you're a college student that starts doing Shabbat. I'd love to hear your stories. I'd love to hear where you're at with that. Send me a message. My Instagram is at underscore with strength and dignity underscore. I know those underscores are annoying, but the links are in the show notes below. So make sure you follow me on there. Send me a message. Any of your questions, I would love to answer. Have a nice day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Strength and Dignity. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave us a rating and review. That would help us out a lot with the algorithm so we can reach more people looking for encouragement in their faith journey. Hope you tune in next time.